With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in education into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. Second one for Shannon. Again, had uh, no points at halftime. He's up to 15. Second free throw is good. He rolled it in. Shannon with another pair. 20 seconds for the game. 85-78. We're in overtime. Here is Carr. Cut off by Hawkins. Good defense. Right wing. Here is Bishop. Long three. Deflected again by Shannon. Melendez grabs it. And the Illini are going to knock off the second-ranked team in the country, the Texas Longhorns. Illinois wins it. 85-78. Here in Madison Square Garden. Soaring, flying, falling behind, coming back, winning in OT. The Illini getting the dub in Madison Square Garden, 85-78 over the Texas Longhorns. Welcome in, Fasteners Etc. postgame show here on News Talk 1493.9 FM and Light Rock 97.5. We want to hear your thoughts on tonight's game, but first we've got our re- rapid reaction, that is, brought to you by Cozad Asset Management for over 45 years striving to serve financial needs and build lasting relationships with clients. I am Evan Kahn. With me is Mike LaTulip. And Mike, I, we, we've seen this story. It's not a very long season, but we, we've seen Illinois do this, get up early, fall behind, and then find a way to battle back and win it in the end. And they do it again today. Are you exhausted? A little bit. I'm exhausted, man. But look, this is what happens when you have a talented team. In big games, you get stretches from different guys. It's, it's Meyer early. It's you know, it's it's Jaden and uh, and Terrence late. It's sincere in the middle. Danger has a stretch. Melendez has a stretch, and you come out and beat the number number two team in the country. And look, I said it before the game. Illinois should win this game, and that's not to say that Texas isn't the number two team in the country. I think they're a top ten team. But that's more to say that when this Illinois team plays the way they're capable of playing, you take care of the ball, you limit the self-inflicted wounds, and you continue to guard and continue to fight, they can beat anybody, man. Anybody. So I'm glad I saw them turn it around because there were plenty of times in that second half where they could have wilted. Paul's could have gone either way. Coleman Hawkins, that was a block. That was not a goal 10. A couple off that they called off a Dane Dangerous hands that probably weren't. And you just saw frustration. I saw a lack of life from those guys in the mid-second half, and they they turn it around, man. They turn it around. You get a you get a big time neutral site win against a really good team. Yeah, they were just kind of gunning it out there for the first half, and then early on in the second half, it seemed like Texas had the momentum. Sincere Harris just play the hits comes in and provides the spark and it's a a team that one through nine one through ten whoever's playing that day I mean anybody can step up and they got a little bit from everybody here tonight and they get 
the win in overtime over the number two Longhorns. That's our rapid reaction brought to you by Cozad Asset Management. We want your thoughts on this game. We're a little early. Glad we're not Duke in Iowa tonight. Call us on the fan line, 217-356-9397, or text the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. Fasteners, etc. postgame show on the way. The following program is an exclusive presentation of News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM WDWS, along with Light Rock 97.5 FM WHMS, Champaign-Urbana, Champaign Multimedia Group Stations. Fighting Illini Game Day coverage continues on your flagship home for Fighting Illini Athletics. News Talk 1400 at 93.9 FM and Light Rock 97.5. Now it's your turn on the Fasteners Etc. post-game show. Fasteners Etc., your partner in inventory management. Call us with your thoughts, 217-356-9397 or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-357. Five three five seven. Now, your hosts for the Fasters Etc. Postgame Show, Evan Kahn and Mike LaTulip. Inbound to Meyer. Shot clock winding down to 10. Meyer shoots a three in front of the Texas bench from the left side and knocks it down. And Clark with the inbound to Meyer. Goes up to get it in the paint area. Nice shot. He rolls it in. And Matthew Meyer off to a quick start. You always wondering where Matthew Meyer was at. He, he ditches the T-shirt. And the Matthew Meyer you were expecting to come to Illinois showed up. Hits his first seven shots. Finishes 8 from 10 from the floor. Game high, 21 points. Illinois wins it 85-78. Evan Kahn, Mike LaTulip here with you on the Fasteners Etc. postgame show. You heard the numbers there from Gene. Fan line is 217-356-9397. We'll get to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line in a moment. But first, we go to the fan line. Simeon's with us here. He's out in Virginia. What are your thoughts here tonight, Simeon? Well, I'm happy to be first. How are you guys doing tonight? Hey, we're doing better after a dub. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I thought we were going to get bitten by the officials' calls again. Um, I didn't mention to you guys when I was uh, standing out in front of Mr. Fry's (laughs) in uh, College Park uh, that I didn't like the officiating, but some of the officiating in this game I, I didn't really care for, but we overcame that. I was so happy to see, uh, Matt come alive. Um, we all have been waiting for it. I just hope that it stays out and it, you know he doesn't revert back. Um, when in parts of this game, uh, and I know that uh, Kofi, even though nobody will say it, had been kind of maligned, saying he's slow and all of that kind of stuff. But in parts of this game, I was kind of wishing we had Kofi, somebody we could throw in and get some offense because there was some times in there I didn't know what we were doing offensively. Um, but uh, we, what we overcame, the reason I'm so proud of this team, is we had a ton of missed free throws. We played some bad defense. We played at a, 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 
uh, we had a ton of turnovers, and we played at Texas Tempo. And uh, to overcome all of that and win the game was um, – I'm just so proud of them. Um, the defense, we played really good defense in the second half of the – the second part of the first half and the second part of the second half. And then overtime, we played really good defense. So I was glad to see that. Uh, I have to do a shout-out to Epps because he's from this area down here. And uh, – uh, I'm just proud of all of the guys, Shannon, Coleman, Harris, Sky, Danger, all of the guys They uh, um, to get that win. So I just hope that this is a confidence booster. And, uh, um, Mike, if you can touch on what can we do to get the tempo up because everybody, that seems to be – and I know basketball is a copycat thing. One team sees that and they're going to repeat it. But it seems like everybody's trying to get us to, into a slower tempo. Uh, I know uh, um, not turning the ball over and crisp, crisp passing can help as well. But what kind of things can we do to get the tempo a little? Charged? Yeah, I thought it was. Int- yeah, you're right. Yeah, I appreciate you asking that, Simi. And I think oftentimes I, I was getting a lot of texts <laughs> as well during the game when it's like, "Hey, let's run something or let's draw up a play." Look, sometimes it's 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 not that simple. Um, or sometimes it is simple. And and when I say that, I mean, if they're going to deny Matthew Meyer at 35 feet, if they're going to deny our guards the ball, and if they're going to deny these dribble handoffs, sometimes it's as simple as mano y mano, man. Like you just got to go and you got to finish. You got to go off two feet in the lane. You can't get seven charges. Uh, you got to find a way to to slow it down. Uh, but also this this team thrives when they play up-tempo, right? When they, when they push the ball, um, because that's that's an opportunity for Texas to not get their matchups down. That's an opportunity to uh, create rotation and move the ball. And uh, you you saw early that I think they had five assists late in the first half or late in the second half by the end of that game. And um, but look, Gonzaga had ten assists against them. Uh, Creighton I think had eleven. This is a team that they want to spread you out. They want to have you go mano y mano because they trust their defense. It's just on you to be tough and go down there and score. When you do get down there and they collapse, go and kick. So I thought that the pace that they played with, they were much more under control late in that second half in in, in overtime. And part of that was they, they kind of felt like they were back in the game, right? And it, it wasn't, you know, Texas dictating all of it. So, uh, and part of that's from their defense, right? They, the defense kind of held the fourth down once again, uh, to, to allow their offense to slow down and, and kind of get back into it and settle in. So uh, I thought that was pivotal. Yeah, guys. Um, again, uh, thank you for that, Mike. And uh, I hope you guys have a good rest of the uh, day. It was a great win. Um, and uh, hopefully this is a big conf- confidence booster for us. And I'm going to be listening. I'm listening out for some guys to hear them uh, what their comments are. So thanks so much for taking my call. Yeah, thanks as always, Sivy. Appreciate you calling in. We'll hear from you Saturday. And yeah, you you would like to think a, a number two win on the road w- would really catapult this team. And I think you you saw in those spurts where the offense kind of struggled, what leaning on freshman point guards gets you at, at times. And I think Chris Beard had a really good game plan against Terrence Shannon until Terrence Shannon remember that he was Terrence Shannon and he just took things over in the overtime and that like you were saying Texas was forcing Illinois some different guys to to do some things and some and the point guard struggled at times and then I think Epps found something a little late there and then that's why he was in during the stretch 
Yeah, you touched on it with Terrence. I, I was really impressed with the way that he closed that thing out because you think about coming into the game for him. It's you're against your old coach. You're in Madison Square Garden. You're you're the leading scorer on both teams, and you don't score in the first half, and you don't score till really late. In well, he scored to start the second half, but not really till late did he did he kind of turn it on. So him sticking with it, I, I thought he showed tremendous resolve and and I and I think that the sign of maturity for a lot of these guys who like I talk about all the time you're gonna have Matthew Meyer going off at times you're gonna have Terrence Shannon going off at times and RJ Melendez Coleman Hawkins so if you're not that guy on that night that is having that production in the points column are you still worth a damn in other areas and I thought that was for Terrence you know three steals tonight I thought he was still locked in another another game of five plus rebounds that's the sign of a mature player, a guy that can continue to do all the other things when it's not just counting on a guy for scoring. Because the reality is, as much as we want Terrence Shannon to score 20 a game, when that's taken away, there's plenty of teams in America when they're 20-point-per-game guys taken away, that ship sinks. It just does. And I think that's the luxury of, of having a lot of talent on this team is you have other guys that can pick it up. And I thought Meyer was huge early, and we talked about the contributions from these other guys. It's, it's, it's what makes this team um, so formidable. And how much do you think the the charge calls early on kind of changed the way Illinois was attacking? Because it seemed like every time, even that that's probably where my biggest gripe with the officials were tonight was I didn't think Danes was a charge, and I thought that was a, a flip of things. And then uh, just a, a couple others where guys are getting downhill like you want to, and, and then Texas is standing there waiting for the charge. Did, did, did that change some, some things in some guys? Yeah, I think guys get a little hesitant, especially when they pick up a couple early fouls. But those, I thought a lot of those were 50-50. And the fact that it was basically 7-0 <laughs> charge, to, charge to block. And then they finally, I, I don't know if the first one, it might have been Epps. I think Epps had a, had a floater Real late. Um, late. But but Terrence's and one, um, I was worried they were going to call that a charge. And you know he stuck with it and finished it and... Like I said, they they had a lot of chances to will a lot of you know. Like I said, Coleman's goaltend is not a goaltend, um, and then you call the timeout, and there's just a lot of stuff yeah. that happened in this game. But I'll say this before we move on: what you don't want, and we talk about all the time how capable this team is. What you don't want is this team because you see this a lot with really really good teams. It's they have these lulls, and it's like the Golden State. It's like the Golden State Warriors disease. It's like ah, we got it. It don't matter. We'll get down by nine. We'll just we'll come back. Is it like you cannot play that game every single game? Because the game that I did not want to play tonight was like the adding up the well, you know, if they just don't turn the ball over seventeen times, well, then they beat the number one, number two in the country. Uh, uh-uh. uh, we're not. No, we're not doing that. Like this team is way too capable. And and like I said, that's why I said pregame. They should win this game. They should win this game. I like the matchup. So I wasn't about to buy into like the oh like moral victory. We turn the ball over a bunch, and if we just don't do that, or if we just do this, no, like cut all that out. You got a team that can do some stuff in late March, early April, and it's going to be on them to determine how far they go. Because a lot of the stuff when they when they do make mistakes, it's self inflicted. So staying locked in, they do that. They limit the turnovers, limit the fouls, limit you know have good shot selection. They can they can play and they can beat anybody. Yeah, pound for pound, I thought that they matched up really well with this team. I, I mean, Timmy Allen going off for, for 21, you can have that if Marcus Carr and, and Tyrese Hunter are being limited. So, Illinois gets it done. we got some text to get to, but we go back to the fan line. Pete's up in Minnesota. Good evening, Pete. What are your thoughts? 
Hey, good evening, guys. Uh, great win. And, uh, you know, when I called last year uh, a couple different times, I, I would always preface with, I really like Brad, and then I'd, I'd say, but, uh, with an asterisk. There's just some things I still don't understand. I'd be interested in your guys' insight on this. Uh, number one, what's his deal with RJ? Uh, I understand in the UCLA game that, sincere came in and really put on kind of an epic defensive performance and there's always going to be a game or two where the game just kind of plays itself out and I think that was one and so I understood that a little bit when RJ sat for a big chunk but if you see in these games where you know he gets screened he can't get over it admittedly could be a defensive error something they worked on in practice uh Brad's just going nuts on him on the sidelines, which is fine. That's part of the reason I think we all love Brad with his passion. It's not, oh, he can't yell at a player. But, I mean, come on with these huge chunks where R.J. is on the bench. You, you, you could argue he's, he's their best all-around player. I'm not saying he is, but you could argue that. And I just struggle with that. I'd be interested in your take on that. And secondly, uh, maybe on a similar note but in a different capacity, We've got to get Dane in there more. Uh, you know, I don't know if that means Meyer was shooting the lights out tonight. I get that. But get Coleman at the four and start pounding it to Dane. I mean, uh, that Maryland game in the final few minutes, we saw it, it should have been every play at the end, which they started to do. But those are my two gripes. There's so many more positives than negatives, but those are the two ones that are kind of, kind of driving me up a wall lately. So I'll uh, I'll hang up and listen and keep up the great work. Yeah, yeah, thanks for I'll, the call there. Yeah, I'll start off here. I'll start with RJ. Well, first, first things first, and, and I know he was on, on the bench there for, for a stretch there in the second half, and he did end up playing 27 minutes in the game, which is a decent amount. But it's always going to be the tough stuff with him. And I and, and I know that Brad gets on him for that. He he has a knack. He did it in the Maryland game. He did it again tonight. He overhelps. He overhelps defensively. He's given up threes. He has the double dribble. He when when somebody gets into him and someone's physical with him, that's where he's struggling. You saw that the times where he, you know, makes an impact, it's on the offensive glass, on the defensive glass, and it's catch and shoot threes. And I, I think for RJ to optimize who he is, he needs to know who he is first. And who he is is a catch and shoot, good cutter, get on the offensive glass. Clear the defensive glass. Use your length defensively. That's it. That's who you are on this team. He can probably go somewhere else and, and average 17, 18 points a game. But on this particular team, the way it's constructed, that's what you need from him. And if he's not going to provide those things, there are other guys that can. And for Dane, it's tough, right? Like you, you see the advantages offensively. I actually think he does a tremendous job defensively too. But it, it takes you out of what I think – makes you so unique as a team and that's being able to switch one through five if you noticed in the game chris beard just said hey let's get the switch on hawkins and they for some reason thought that was a mismatch and it's not (laughs) coleman guards guards better than guards guard guards and and they continually tried to go at it with hunter and with and with Carr, and that's what makes this team i just i think so tough on that end uh, if you play Dane, you go into drop coverage and guys like Marcus Carr get in a rhythm. Tyree Turner gets in a rhythm. And, and that's what's, I, I don't know, that's what, what makes it difficult to try to try to ride Dane like that. I mean, in a, in a game built- like this, right? I, I, 
I think what you're saying, and like, they went small. We, like in, they, in a different, yeah, in a different kind of matchup, looking at this Texas team, I mean, they just don't have any big dudes. Their biggest guy's like 6'9 and, and weighs as much as RJ. So, yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree that, that I think in some situations, maybe you could get Dane in there, but tonight just didn't seem like the matchup for it. And, and look, this is always going to be an issue with this team. And when I say an issue, I mean, if it's not one guy, it's another guy that you're confused <laughs> why he's not in there. And the reality is, like, yeah. this is kind of the, I don't know, the, the cross that they bear as a really as a really talented team. If certain guys have it going, like, RJ didn't have it going, and, and then he did late, and he hit a few late, and he made some free throws. And, look, it's going to come in waves for these guys. And I think the, the one thing that you can at least be encouraged with is, is these guys are ready when their moment comes. And RJ could have easily just kind of mailed it in, and they could have sh- completely shelved him, and they didn't. Uh, they went back to him. It's a big three to cut it to two. Like, look, th- this is going to be the story for this team. It's going to be contributions all around. And <laughs> trust me, you could probably call in every game and say, like, we need more of this guy. And and, <laughs> and it's just going to play itself out in different ways. Luckily, they come out tonight with the win. And I think RJ wears it pretty well because, like you said, he came in and he hit a shot, and he seems to do that almost every game. Sometime down the stretch in the last five, six minutes, he he hits a, a big shot, so he stays confident. He 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 doesn't lack there. So uh, Illinois finding a way, getting help from a lot of people. Let me get a couple texts here. We'll go back to the fan line, then we'll pick out our MX electrifying player of the game. Edwardsville, Illinois says, "Go Illini." Tomball, Texas. I don't know if that's a location, but they say go Illini. Seattle, Seattle Paul says reveling in the OT win in Austin's post games. Okay, uh, Brent, Brett, Brent. Oh, there we go. Uh, says shot blocks and altered shots. That's why we won the game. Athletes, my friend, athletes, and I, I think that's what that was. Right. I mean, Coleman had three blocks. I think R.J. had three blocks. No, no. Uh, Meyer had three blocks. Meyer did. Yeah. Harris had two blocks. <laughs> Harris had two. The whole bench. Big off the blocks. Bench had a block. At yeah. least one block. <laughs> so, and also, Tomball, Texas. Somebody can fact check me on this. Home of Jimmy Butler. Oh, okay. So it is believe. a real place. I do believe. I'll I'll stick my neck out there. But uh-huh. yeah, I mean, you get. I mean, the whole. I looked at it after the game, and um, I know I know Coleman had three blocks, and he, he probably altered about ten. And and Bishop struggled to score down there. Dylan Mitchell, who's going to hear his name in the NBA draft this year, struggled to score down there. I thought Meyer was 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 tremendous with his verticality tonight for a guy that was dealing with foul trouble. Him going straight up in those moments, Ty, Ty actually got a foul called on one of those, but I thought he was, you know, he he was straight up on a few of those. This is a this is an athletic team, and and sincere gets a few of those blocks, one right at the rim and one off the backboard to kind of ignite the the fast break there. So it's it's what this team does defensively, and it's part of what I think when you have this, I don't even call it, it's not a small five man lineup. But I think people just assume when you switch the one through five, you're going speed, and it's it, it truly they they have rim protection and droves, man. Like they they do for whatever reason, teams think that they can just kind of pound it in and shoot. And the beauty of having guys that can block shots on the ball is that you don't need guys flying in from off the ball to take themselves out of position for offensive rebounds uh, for the other team. So that that's been such an asset this year. And I think Coleman and, and Meyer and a few of these guys are, are just so good at timing that up. Back to the fan line we go to one seven three five six nine three nine seven down in Mattoon. It's Rick. Good evening, Rick. 
Good evening, gentlemen. Um, thanks for taking my call. Mr. LaTulip, you do a great insight. You answered a lot of my questions even before I needed to ask them. Um, why do you think that we got 13 blocks tonight? What's Luke Goody going to do to change his team? And should Jaden be starting in front of Sky? I know he's struggling right now. I'm going to wait and listen. Um, people should be more excited about this win. And it almost sounds like a downer tonight, um, but it's not a downer at all. Um, we just have to keep going from this point. And Mike, you said we play in waves. It was Meyer early, um, then Dane, Danger, got mm -hmm. those quick points, then Melendez, then Epps, and then TJ Shannon Jr. Um, it was it was a great win. Thanks, guys. I'm going to wait and listen to comments. Okay. Yeah, let's 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 tackle all of those. Right. Let's start with let's start with the blocks. I you know I just hit on it. It's it's I think it's partly just these these guys and their timing and I think they're a little bit unsuspecting in terms of the other team thinking that they can get a lot of these shots around the rim and thinking that there's there's lanes there and there aren't. Um, Luke Goody, right. Luke's going to steal somebody's minutes. That's just the fact of the matter. There's a reason why he was starting, slated to start before the season. He, I, I think he started for Sky um, in that Kansas scrimmage. So, look, Luke Goody's going to play. So, if you don't want to be in the right position defensively, if you don't want to <laughs> knock down catch-and-shoot threes, if you don't want to talk defensively, you ain't playing because he's going to play. And then let's talk about Jaden, right? A lot of times you look at a team and the way it's constructed and you think, all right, let's go, you know, Epps had 11 points tonight, Meyer had 21, Shannon had 16. Let's just put all these guys in the starting lineup. And you you always saw it over the years when the Warriors were really good back in 2016, 2014, 2015. Andre Iguodala was talented enough, and, sh and if you want to just go one through five, he should have started, but he didn't because you need balance off the bench. I think Jaden's much more assertive than Sky is scoring, and you need those types of punches off the bench, right? You need that change up. And I know Jaden at times to a fault can be very um, scoring minded, if you will. <laughs> but look, that's what you need. Cause it's a guy that's fearless late and, and it doesn't matter who starts the game. You saw a guy like Jaden Epps hit a corner three, uh, knock down free throws. If you have a guy that can finish a game, who cares who starts the game? And, and Sky's going to have moments like that too. And you talked about the excitement uh, around this game. And, and this is one thing that I've wanted to mention, so I'm glad that you brought it up. When you're in the early stages of a rebuild, right, a couple of years ago, when you the late gross years where it's just, it just it wasn't good, you think in your mind, man, if we got really, really good, this would be less frustrating. <laughs> and the funny thing is it can be more frustrating at times <laughs> because you know what this team's capable of, right? I, I'm, I'm pulling my hair out in the middle of the second half because I know what this team's capable of. When I say late March, early April, I'm not, I'm not kidding. Like that's that's how good this team can be. And the one thing that you can't that you you, you start to struggle with is, man, is this team not going to reach its ceiling because of just the guys themselves? Like they're just going to get in their own way because you see what happens when they don't. And, and so I get it. I I don't want this to be a downer. This isn't a downer. You just knocked off the number two team in the country. But I think it's a it's a it's a microcosm of where this program is right now. If they lost tonight, I mean, this would be gloom and doom on this, <laughs> on, on this post game show. And it's the number two team in the country.
Yeah. Like that's that's where this program's at now. Yeah. And I get that's kind of moving the goalpost, but the standard's the standard, right? Like like you can go in any game and win it. This isn't just, hey, David versus Goliath. You ain't gonna have any of those games. So I know that's why it becomes frustrating. So I appreciate you bringing that up. We we should relish these moments because I trust me. Like I was there for a couple of the years, right? We didn't we didn't necessarily bottom out from 2012 to 2016, but man, it was grim. It was grim. So let's let's enjoy these moments, man, because because they can they can go away in the blink of an eye. Pressure is a privilege, indeed. Thanks for the call, Rick. Let's pick out our MX Electrifying Player of the Game, if we can. MX Electric wants to be your electrician when you're in need of electrical service for both residential and commercial needs. Call 217-359-7293 to schedule your project. And remember, relax, call Max. Mike and I tried to actually prep this one before we got going on the air, and we honestly couldn't come to a consensus as uh, over different parts of the game, different Illini stepped up and, and they could each kind of stake claim to to player of the game. I want to lean because it, it came in the, the closing minutes in the winning time. I want to lean towards Terrence Shannon, but I, I mean, Matthew Meyer scoring early on and, and, and in the second half w- was big. I mean, he, he hit threes all throughout the game. He was hitting shots all day and we've been waiting for that. Jay Nepps, uh, I, I thought he provided a, a good change of pace off the bench. So I, I'm split between Shannon and Meyer. If you want to take it somewhere else, Mike, you can. I think they can be co right yeah because I, yeah. I think you can't you don't win this game without those guys and mm-hmm. frankly you could probably throw Epps in there too I was I think like nine 9.8 out of 10 times when a guy calls a timeout and you hit that three and they wave the three off 9.8 out of 10 times you do not hit another three and and Epps I don't know how the heck that ball got through <laughs> I thought that was for sure getting picked off the way Coleman threw it but he steps up. He not only hits that, he knocks down the free throw. So, you know, we probably are doom and gloom if if Jaden doesn't make those shots. So I think you could really give it to any of the three. I, and I say that, and, and even Coleman had nine, seven, four, and three. So, look, you, I'll, I'll throw it back to you. I think between <laughs> Meyer, Shannon, and F, so you can you can go ahead and pick one because that's that's a hell of a job. Yeah, I've, I've got all kinds of stars here because it was a 45-minute game, so I was cutting highlights throughout it. So we're going we're gonna to sprinkle it all throughout there because those were all big moments. We'll, we'll give it a three-way MX Electrifying Player of the Game to the leading scorer, Matthew Meyer, to Terrence Shannon Jr., and to Jaden Epps. Meyer with a catch in the orange jersey. Drives right of the lane. Looking to put up a shot. Tough shot from 15. But he got it. That's come out aggressive today. I like it. And the Illini get it back. Down two. They can take the lead with a three. Meyer being very aggressive. Step back. Right wing three. It's good. Coming out party for Matt Meyer, baby. And he waves with the Illini crowd. And they're on their feet behind the bench. Here is Meyer. Boy, he looks aggressive, doesn't he? Yes. He is guarded on the right wing. Meyer in that orange jersey, feeling it. Long range three. He got another one. He's still hot. Matthew Meyer with his third three of the half of the Illini back in front. Looking for Hawkins. Drives into the paint. Cut off. In trouble. Pass to Epps. Open three. Left corner is good. Oh, a three for number three. And the freshman who missed one the other night at Maryland knocks that one down from the deep left corner. 
pull-up jumper. Good for the Texas Tech Red Raider, the former one. And Shannon with six in the ballgame. And the Illini take the lead for the first time in quite a while. Here is Shannon. Pull-up. Top of the key three. Got it. Hey, I see you, baby. Terrence Shannon with a three from way out top. And he's starting to heat up. The Illini have the four-point lead in the ball, driving to the basket F's to Harris. Out top to Shannon. Into the lane. Terrence, layup. Got it. And the end one. Little old, little new. Everybody pitching in today on Illinois' win over Texas in the Jimmy V Classic. That's our MX Electrifying Players of the Game. We've got more text to get to. You can call in on the fan line, 217-356-9397. Fasteners, etc. Postgame show. The conversation about today's game continues on the Fasteners Etc. post-game show. Join in by calling the First State Bank Illini fan line, 217-356-9397. Or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. Short jumper deflected by Meyer, retrieved by Texas, and then they throw it away. Right to Matthew Meyer. The Illini with a man advantage. Meyer, top of the key three. Why not? And he's still perfect. Knocks down another one. There you go, Matty Ice. He's on fire, baby. Hey, I'm not going to put it all on the attire, but something was different about Matthew Meyer tonight. Maybe it was the lack of a t-shirt. Maybe... It was just he was feeling good in the world's most famous arena. He leads the Illini with 21 points, and the Illini knock off the number two Longhorns in Madison Square Garden. Welcome back. Fasteners, etc. post-game show. Michael Tulip, Evan Kahn with you. Joey Wright, screening your calls, helping us out behind the scenes. He'll be in shortly for a scoreboard, but I want to get to some texts here. If you want to call in, you can do so. 217-356-9397. The Illini mess with Texas, says 217-Texter that they do. Congrats to Brad Underwood and the Illini, says Benny. Yes, indeed. Uh, we've got a, a couple of different folks saying horns down. <laughs> love to love to see it. Great fight in that game. Also, do you think Marcus Carr has nightmares about the Illini since he's never beaten them? Wow, that's is that true? Has Marcus Carr never beaten the Illini? You're, you're you're asking that like Minnesota was just ravaging the Big Ten. No, but here. I thought, but I thought. His freshman year kind of coincided with. I, I thought this was like his eighth year in college, so I, I thought he could have I been there. I think he started. He years. started at Pitt. He Did he really? Wow. Yeah, I, I I think I'm pretty confident he started at Pitt, but he he transferred in to Minnesota. He played and, two. Uh, he only played I, two years there, and now he's played think, two years in Texas. I want to say he might have played three years at at Minnesota, but. That can't be right. I don't know. These dudes, I mean, Jalen Coleman Lands played 15 years in college. So, I, <laughs> so I, everything, everything's so skewed now. So, yeah, I mean, that makes sense. That makes sense. The, the only time I could ever fathom them beating Illinois was when it was him and Oturu. That's what I was thinking, yeah. On that team. But, yeah, he, he was at Pitt for one year, two at Minnesota, two at Texas. Two at Texas. Okay. Well, you know, maybe one more shot in the the big dance at beating the Illini, but uh, I I imagine yeah he always has a, a tough time against. Brad I, I was particularly a fan of him giving the 
the Dame time point at the watch when he was three for 12 after he hit that shot uh, late in regulation. I was particularly a fan of that. I thought that was very fitting. Shoot or shoot, right? Uh, 217 Texture says, great comeback win, but those dry spells are hard to watch. <laughs> Going back to your, it, it might be more frustrating when you're good because you, you want them to be great. Uh, preserved and dug deep to pull it out. Uh, think going uh, going straight man to man without nearly full out switching was key to the win. I don't. Did, did they did they switch up defense there late? Uh, I I don't think I don't think they did. No, um, they they stuck with the switching you saw late. That's that's what they're going to do. I did they sub it all in the overtime? Was it the same five that whole time? I guess I could look it up right here in the stats. I'm, huh? I'm pretty sure they, I'm pretty sure they wrote all five. No one fouled out. That would be the only. I think that would be the only. Re- like Dane sincere, didn't sincere overtime. Harris came in for one minute. Did you're right on defense. Yeah, that's right. There, there you go. So yep. they were just writing the hot hand. Um, wow, great finish. Way to come back. Says two one seven texter uh, eight oh eight texter says Shannon Junior went IO mode in OT that he did. Um, and 217 Texer thought Texas was one of the best teams coming in, would have been pleased to stay within 15 points. Yeah, this Illinois is way better than just staying within 15 points of ranked teams anymore. Um, how is Michigan State still getting top 25 votes? I mean, the if, if you haven't noticed by now, I mean, the polls are, are just kind of meh at, at a certain point. And I'm guessing since uh, Hall's been out, they're giving them the benefit of the doubt because of some early wins. But uh, They're definitely not going to be in next week, so you don't got to worry about that. <laughs> you can't lose to Northwestern at home and stay in the top 25. And one more text here. I think we might have a call coming in. I don't know if that call dropped. Call back if you want to. Another horns down, says 217texter. Um, uh, guys showed character in fighting back. I thought we were about to watch a movie we had seen too many times. These kids have fight. I have the crow, please. Yeah, don't give up on this team. That's, that's just not a. That's just not being a... Yeah, yeah. Don't don't turn off the the it's game. The fun in that. Yeah, yeah. Look, it's, this look, team, it's this isn't frustrating. Like we talked about, like it's this is a really really good team that should have high aspirations, rightfully so. So yeah, I, I mean it's going to be frustrating at times. But like I said, I mean one of one of my buddies in particular, I was talking off the ledge. <laughs> and I had to keep checking in with him. Like, you all right, man? You all right? They tied it up. They're going to overtime. I'm checking in. Are you all right, man? You know, I, I get it. I get it. It's it's hard, but like you got to you got to ride this wave, man. It's a talented team, and uh, they're going to go as far as they take themselves. And that's that's limiting the turnovers. That's shot selection. Like that was a all time bad shot by Coleman Hawkins. After you know fifty six fifty, you're you're chipping away, and he comes down, just fires oh, yeah. a twenty five footer. <laughs> um, but look, I like here's here's the other thing too, man is. You're winning these games against really good opponents, and yet they didn't play anywhere near the perfect game, right? And we may not get a perfect game no. with them, right? Maybe just, maybe just, one, and and that's usually how it is, right? I mean, you think back to that 2021 season; they they beat up on some bad teams that that second half against Northwestern, where they scored like nine points, but they went into half 
trailing by I think double digits. Like outside of that yeah. game up in Ann Arbor where they just showed up and, and without IO and they were not going to be denied. I mean, there's just very few perfect games. Yeah, and like I said, you you just cannot make this a thing where it's like, eh, we'll get down, uh, whatever, we'll come back. Like that's how that's how teams lose in the tournament. Right? Like that's that's how they lose. Yep. They get stagnant, they they play lifeless. And next thing you know, you're on a flight or bus home and your season's over and guys are going their separate ways. And look, this thing's going to come fast, man. I know we're just starting Big Ten play. The non-conference schedule's rounding out. You and I are going to be talking here in the middle of February like, oh, my gosh, we're just we're ripping through Big Ten play. (laughs) And then it's going to be March and then it's going to be like you just enjoy this, man. Enjoy this because we we know like there's going to be some guys that are gone. Like this is probably Coleman's last year. This is probably is definitely Terrence and Matt Meyer and. You go on down the list. It's going to be another different team. It's going to be a whole new team next year, so enjoy this one. All right, we'll get back to the text line in just a moment, but uh, let's see what's going on uh, around college basketball and in the Big Ten with Joey Wright over here. Actually, only one other Big Ten game going on, but of particular interest because it's a common opponent that we've already seen and a number of top 25 teams in action, I believe, as well. Yeah, a handful of top 25 games. Uh, there are uh, There's one Big Ten game going on now. Iowa is also playing uh, oh, right two. now in a non-conference right, game. Right. So there's one, one true Big Ten match. One and a half, yeah. you'd call it. Uh, I'm on the ESPN app here just kind of parsing through first to pick out teams from Illinois that are in action too. Uh, Loyola Chicago, a 70-46 to winner against Green Bay. And uh, not a lot of top 25 games, but there are a lot of Division One games to parse through. So uh, just as we kind of keep going through, I know Bradley won. They took down Southern Illinois Edwardsville, 56-54. to That game came right down to the wire. And then looking around, again, they're a little hard to, to pick out just uh, individually. A couple other Non-conference games of note, Georgia Tech, a 79-77 winner against Georgia. Battle for Georgia there. Uh, that uh, non-conference game, ACC versus the SEC. But uh, talking like about Georgia Tech, uh, yeah, I think that's a challenge game. Uh, talking about Georgia Tech, I'm done rambling or, or, around <laughs> now. We'll uh, kind of focus back in on the top 25. A handful of games have gone final. Number 24, TCU at home, a 78-51 winner against Jackson State. Now Sands, Deion Jackson, he's left for Colorado on the gridiron. Baylor takes down Tarleton State, 82-57. I read a great piece, I don't know if it was ESPN or Bleacher Report, on Billy Gillespie, former Texas A&M coach and Kentucky coach. Uh, This is his first year at Tarleton, but they, they suffer a big... Loss at Baylor tonight. Number three, Virginia, uh, who's already got a win against Illinois, a 55-50 winner against James Madison at home. That one was uh, closer than I'm sure they would have liked. Number one, Houston, 76-42 against North Florida. Arkansas takes down UNC Greensboro, 65-58. Number 15, Duke in action. The second game in the Jimmy V Classic tonight, that's a 37-31 halftime score. And we buried the lead a little bit, but that Big Ten game that Evan mentioned, that is nearing completion, 346 left in the second quarter in Madison, Wisconsin, is up on number 13, Maryland, 56-47. to So we'll see how that pans out. Again, Wisconsin up 56-47 on number 13, Maryland. We've got that on in the studio here, so uh, maybe a further update to come when we notice that one goes final. Other than that, a pretty quiet night uh, around the college basketball landscape tonight. Not a lot of 
not a lot. Illinois, Texas might have been the best game of the night. Yeah, this is this is that kind of weird area, right? You're starting to get into like final season, and, and those challenges are going on, but yep. they're also kind of wrapping up. So games here, games there, but uh, the two big ones up in Madison Square Garden, like you said, Illinois and Texas, and right now Iowa and Duke. So good stuff. Looks like you you fired up the the fan line again. They wanted got, to hear from me. You, well, you, I, the easiest way to hear from me is to call in because uh, <laughs> aside from this five minutes of show, I'm I'm behind the phone line. Yeah. So if you if you have a, a score you want to give me or something like that, if you just want to shoot the breeze, I don't know how much of that I can do, but uh, that's the best way to do that is to call in. Yeah, you can speak to the man directly himself. Thank you for that scoreboard update. You bet. We appreciate it much. And uh, I was going to take a, a break, but I want to get in one quick phone call here before we do. Tracy rings in from Windsor. What are your thoughts, Tracy? Yeah, I heard a phone call earlier, a question about Melinda sitting out. Um, His defense had him sitting out. I trust Underwood to teach these guys what they're doing. Uh, Sky Clark set out for a good portion of the game. In fact, during basically down the stretch, whenever you expect him to play, I think Sky Clark will be better for it. I trust Underwood to uh, teach these guys to get them. I think we'll be in better shape when it comes tournament time because of what he's trying to teach them today. Yeah, I, I I don't know if I necessarily disagree. Yeah, I mean, it, Brad Underwood's going to put him in position, and I think he, he's recruited the the kind of guys that can take this. Uh, I, I think that first year you kind of wondered if if dudes could, could handle it, and I, I think we've gone through it the last couple of years with Coleman, right? People were like, well, man, Brad's really hard on, on Coleman, and they're pulling out Coleman really, really quick, and why aren't they, they giving more time on the floor? But, yeah, I, I, it's it's usually for the better of the team, and it's not necessarily punishment because th- this team is so deep that typically there's somebody who is stepping up and doing those things, so it, it's not a net negative with, with those guys off the floor. Yeah, and it's part of the reason why it's great having this amount of talent and guys that are capable of giving real minutes because if the you know if you didn't have any bench if you didn't any if you didn't have anyone to to really supplement those those sky minutes then you know maybe he doesn't learn his lesson as quick right a lot of these guys you can pull and uh it's only going to raise their level of play because they know that if they don't do what they're supposed to do there's actually someone there and there's a lot of teams in America where it doesn't matter what a coach says because there's a lot of guys on the team that know they got leverage because they, they're not coming out. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, who are you going to put in? You put in that guy? <laughs> no, you're going to play me. Like, you have to play me. And that's how, how teams can can sink sometimes. So, look, I, th- this is why the, the talent level, Luke Goody's only going to add to that. Uh, it's only going to add to the, the paranoia that these, you know, these guys should play with, not in a bad way, but in a way that's like, hey, I got to do my job or else I'm not going to be on the floor. And that's a great problem to have for staff, right? It's you know it's just being able to manage that and make sure that guys, you know, don't go self mode and um, kind of self destruct. Like you have to keep guys engaged because even if you get yanked early in the game, we know foul trouble things happen. Like you're gonna you're gonna be called on in a big moment. I think for the most part, these guys have shown and and Sky and Jaden in particular, you know they're their lows are aren't going to be as low as maybe the particular fre- or the the normal freshman because they just they, they do such a good job of staying even keel and when when I've stepped up to the free throw line tonight just you felt like 
just because of his his demeanor, his disposition, like he was making both of those. And um, that's an asset to have, man, especially for for younger guys. So, you know, sky's going to come along, but it's it's great having someone else you can throw in there that can make an impact. Healthy competition within the Illini. Good competition against the other teams. Illinois beats number two Texas in the Jimmy V Classic. News Talk 1400, 93.9 FM, WDWS, Champaign-Urbana, Light Rock 97.5 WHMS, Champaign-Urbana. Thanks for the call, Tracy. Bill, hang on. We're going to take a quick break here. We'll come back. we got more calls. Our play to the game, keys to the game, still plenty to do. Yeah, we did a great job on those guards, and, and they're both really good players. I've you know, I've said that they, they could be as good a guard duo as there is in the country. And, uh, uh, you know, they had some moments, and, and uh, but yet I thought we did a, a great job on them. And, uh, you know, our switching was, was really solid. And then I thought they were, uh, you know, we, we took away their threes uh, from those guards. Uh, a couple other guys made them. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, it takes everybody. Uh, you know, we're playing differently than we have in the past. And, uh, you know, we've got to be able to play in our five-out stuff and drive the ball. And so we are going to dribble more. But uh, when we get stagnant, then we struggle. And that was, that was hence the, the 16-2 to run. But uh, we're getting better. There were some post-game thoughts from head coach Brad Underwood on the defense the Illini did against Texas's backcourt and Something that we touched on a little earlier about the offense getting stagnant in the five out here, but the Illini find enough points to pull it out in overtime, 85-78. Welcome back, Fasteners, etc. Post game show. Mike and Evan with you. You can call in on the fan line, 217-356-9397. We actually had a texter who saw a stat that Carr and Hunter had one basket the last 24 minutes, and that sounds about right. It was probably that shot that <laughs> Carr was... It was the car time. It was the car time shot. <laughs> the, the, the one time that Carr showed up in the second half. But, yeah, uh, yeah and, and plenty of texts we'll, we'll get to. Maybe a, a caller has some thoughts on, on Sincere Harris that, that we can get into. Um, but, yeah, only played 18 minutes tonight, but a big impact from the freshman guard off the bench. Okay, we go back to the phones, and we go way out west in the state of Washington. It is our buddy Bill. Good evening, Bill. Hello, Bill. You're on the postgame show. Sorry about that. Oh, uh, all good. I was super impressed by the, by the way they uh, hung in there and came back tonight. Really have all year. A um, couple things that I've been wondering about. Is Sky Clark still recovering from his knee because he looks slower than Mark Smith out there? And when he's when he's playing point, he just comes in and he makes the initial pass, but he does nothing to make a defense move or adjust, and I think that's when they get stagnant. And then the, the second question was, um, is RJ playing in the Grandison role because they've lost Goody and they're down a shooter? He, he was much more in the lane last year. Uh, as far as Sky goes, um, I, I don't think he's. I, I think he's a hundred percent. He was a, a little iffy back in like August, but I, I think he, he's full go. And uh, I, I'm not really sure as far as RJ and Grand. Well, it, th- there is no Grandison role because this offense and defense plays completely different from last year. Yeah, a lot I just of meant Grandison. sitting around, sitting around the arc. Well, he, I, he doesn't. I think, he doesn't. Well, he doesn't cut to the basket or. 
you know, move without the ball and catch the ball in motion and take it to the take it to the, the basket or anything. Well, let's start with let's start with Sky. I think the biggest adjustment, as always, with freshmen is moving without the ball. Like that's just well, you have to you find s- pockets. I, I thought we saw a really good moment of it. Right, the first half, he was cut. He was kind of cutting. He was more moving without a purpose. And Coleman, he didn't look for it. Didn't look it's for it. And then he hit him in the second half with the exact same kind of thing. Burt Marcus Carr right to the rim. Yeah, they're gonna run. They're gonna run those. It's it's called Buffalo action, where once Coleman catches it up top, the side that he goes to, the wing cuts through, and the the corner circles up. So on that cut through, there's times where if you're not looking, that ball may be coming. And and Coleman's Coleman's good at making those passes. At other times, he should probably hold on to it. But <laughs> look, with RJ, like I said earlier in the show, it's about him understanding who he is. Like who he is right now on this team is catch and shoot, you know, keep balls alive on the offensive glass, contest shots defensively, clear the glass defensively, guard. Like, that's that's who he has to be. He's not – right now, his physicality, like, guys are knocking him off the ball when he's driven. Like, he can't get to his spots. He can't get fully downhill. And, and that's going to come with time. He just needs to get stronger. But right now, he, he just needs to focus on being kind of who he is. And right now, it's a catch-and-shoot guy that's – that's making smart plays, that's taking care of the ball, that's being a cutter. Like he can be a much better cutter than he's than he's showing, right? Like he's he's quick, he's athletic. He a couple times he's done it this year, he's gotten dunks out of it. So it's just continuing to to not be a ball watcher. Um, right? This this five out offense, this structured randomness is gonna be predicated on guys being basketball players. Like the the ones that want to stand, you're gonna stagnate the offense. So I think you know, the more you do that, the more, you know, this team will continue to kind of get their, um, I guess, their legs under them offensively. And to be clear, I wouldn't, I'm not like trying to dog Sky. He's obviously working very hard on defense and rebounding. I just don't see him beating anybody with a dribble. He doesn't, dis, he doesn't disposition a defender at all. Yeah, I know. Like, I think that's part of it could just be his recovery and, get, and getting trust in, in that knee. He's, he's always been an explosive vertical athlete. Um, you know, but but north south has you know has never really been his mo. He's never really been a guy that blows by guys, um, especially not at this level, man. It's 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 always hard. You get thrusted into this as a freshman, and you're playing against Marcus Carr, who's 24 years old, and Tyrese Hunter is a fantastic athlete, long, um, you know, and, and they can look a little bit a little bit uh, slower. So Sky's going to figure it out. He he's a smart player. He, he's just going to have to find ways. Uh, to impact the game because it's not always going to be blowing by guys off the dribble. Thanks for the call, Bill. Back to the fan line we go. Tater's down in D-land. Hey, Tater. Hey, Econ. How are you doing? Doing well. What are your thoughts here tonight? So, uh, Jaden Epps played uh, pretty well tonight. What's your intake on that? Yeah, yeah, he's I, doing what he does. He's doing what he does, right? He's assertive, and that's part of the reason why you can play him late. That's part of the reason you can play him to to kind of inject some life offensively. And I think he's he's really turning a corner defensively. He struggled a little bit earlier in the year, trying to pick up on all the switching and um, communicating and making sure he's not busting switches. Uh, he's probably he was probably the guy early that did it the most, and he's starting to figure it out. He's and he's and he's holding his own when when he gets switched on the bigs and. A lot of times for him, it's about not getting the rebound and making sure his guy doesn't. So when you got those bigger guys, your your job's to box out, let these other guys come in and clear it. 
but he's he's been tremendous, uh, you know, in terms of being able to to trust him late game. And that's not just taking shots. That's hey, when the ball's in your hands, do we you know do we feel all right? Right. And there's a certain I guess calming influence, and part of that's his demeanor. But I've just been really impressed with him, and um, to be able to deploy him in these late game lineups, have Sky start. I mean, that's a that's a great freshman tandem duo you have there in the backcourt, and they're only going to get better. Yeah, he doesn't lack confidence, and I'm kind of surprised. He only had six turnovers on the entire year coming into tonight. He had a couple here in this game, but uh, yeah, he, he stay, stays confident, and, and for the most part, well, when, when you're shooting it, when you've got the ball in your hands, it's tough to turn it over. But I was uh, going to say, yeah, he's not <laughs> turning it over because he's... Yeah, he, hit that, he hit that big shot from the corner, man, with uh, force that overtime, mm-hmm. and huge... You know, Sky sat for a little bit, but I still think he's a pretty good guard, you know, starting. And, you know, you can't really dog him for making mistakes, you know. This team's still young. Coleman Hawkins plays a big role in the leadership. And I really think Jaden Epps is going to be something with Dane Danger, you know. He he didn't play much, but he, I think he still had 10 points and, some rebounds you know yeah it's going to be different guys every night and tonight was not sky's night but epps picked him up and dane continues yeah and his short spurts i i don't think he's faced anybody who can really match up with him defensively yet his biggest drawback is he he maybe tries to to overpower it and be creative too much down low when he starts dribbling it a, a little too much and, and then he loses control of it. But uh, when when he's got the, the right mindset and they give him the ball in a good position in the in the block, there's not too many guys so far that have been able to slow him down. Yeah, if he can make quick nope. decisions, the quick decisions are going to benefit him like crazy, right? You see the UCLA game, the quick spin, the finish. Uh, he fakes the handoff against Virginia and, and flies down for, for the layup. Uh, that's where he should live is with those quick decisions, right? I got a half a second to make a decision down here in the post. And I always got to know that if I put this thing on the floor, these guards are coming, man. <laughs> like these guards are coming. So he's, it's, he's got it when he gets those post entry passes, some of them are bounce passes, but the ones that are thrown in, you know, chest high, he's got to catch high, keep high because the, the most trouble he's running into right now is putting that thing on the ground. And that was part of the reason outside of the, the one offensive foul he had, um, that's part of the reason he's getting in trouble is putting it on the ground and, and you know some of these guys are coming in and taking it. Although he, he brought it up the floor pretty good for a big fella. I, I don't, he I can don't, do that. He yeah. can do that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you don't want you don't want him doing it every time. No. But but he can do that. You know, if there's not a lane there and he can at least get it across the timeline and um and get it to one of the guards and get offense initiated, that's yeah, that's part of the reason why you can play with a little bit more up tempo is you're not waiting around. Kofi gets a defensive rebound, you gotta wait second and a half for him to find somebody outlet and then go and now the defense is set so i don't know there's a lot a lot of we 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 talk about i feel like we talk about eight to nine guys every night on post game (laughs) and that's you know that's kind of a encapsulates the talent this team has all right hey thanks for the call tater yay you guys have a good evening thanks econ yeah no problem you too tater can give us a call on the fan line 217-356-9397. Let me check a few texts here before we pick out our Tapman's towing play of the game because I also think this one might be a, a little tricky to narrow down to just one. 618 texter says Sincere Harris could be one of the best 
defenders we've had by the time he leaves, excellent lateral movement. And a lot of that, yeah, he puts himself in good positions. He doesn't take big gambles. Like his blocks, like he was just, he was there and he knocked the shots away. He just seems to be in the right spot at the right time most of the time when he's playing defense. And back to that, that Marcus Carr and... Tyrese Hunter text uh, wondering how much Harris played a role in that. And I, I thought even Clark was doing a good job on those all guys. I, I thought yeah, Epps was doing a good job. Are, yeah. Yeah. Those are, those are really, really good collegiate guards and those guys more than held their own and sincere. Look, here's the deal sincere. That dude may not score 600 points in his career <laughs> and, and he, his impact will be felt just as much uh, because you can play him. Five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20. It doesn't matter. He's going to bring what he brings. And that's, that's juice. Like he brings juice. And that, that pivotal stretch, man, where that thing could have gotten ugly, where it got to nine, I think it, or 10 at one point. Mm -hmm. The reason, part of the reason we didn't get to 15 is because it's sincere. And he just finds ways in these little pockets of the game to make an impact. And I, the, the other thing too is he knows who he is offensively. So, you know, he's going to move the ball. He's going to take care of the ball. He's not going to get in trouble dribbling it around. And those guys that are self-aware, those guys that know who they are and can optimize their roles because of that, I mean, those are guys that you have no problem throwing out there in any moment mm -hmm. because they're just going to be who they are. And Sincere does such a good job of that. Yeah, they did it back in the UCLA game. He, he was the big spark coming in cold, and he got it done. And, yeah, you, you wonder, he's actually averaging four, a little over four points a game coming into tonight, and he scored five. So that'll that'll kind of keep that up. But, yeah, he, he's got the, the framework of a, a good, you know, the, the cliche, he's a really good athlete that plays basketball, right? And, and then once he gets the handles down, once he really solidifies a, a jump shot to go with that big hammer slam and, and, and the athleticism, yeah, he's going to be a, a really good basketball player. And um, let's pick one more text here. Um, RJ is really good, and Dane is really good. They just need to get some minutes under them. I agree. I, I, this, this whole team, it's kind of kind of crazy to think that they have four legit true freshmen in the rotation, and they're a top 15 team competing on a nightly basis with other top 15 teams. I, I mean, th this just doesn't happen, right? I, I mean, not a whole lot of teams have four true freshmen in the rotation. Well, you know, the other not, thing not good is, teams, right? I, I mean, you, right. there's it's, plenty of yeah. freshmen that get brought in, and it's like, well, you're the best that we've got, but, you know, they don't really stack up. Well, the teams that come to mind, right? Like, that's the teams that usually roll out four freshmen, because that, that was the case tonight. At one point tonight, I believe they had Sky, Sincere, Ty. Jaden, I think they were all four of them were on the floor at the same time at one point mm -hmm. with Matthew Meyer. Um, you don't, you just don't see that that much for a team that is worth a damn, to be honest. Um, you know, the, go back to the 2014, 2015 Kentucky team that when they had the platoon, right? Mm -hmm. They just went five in, five out uh, with Carl Anthony Towns and Devin Booker and the Harrison twins, and uh, that team was a bunch of freshmen. But those, those were like number one picks and lottery picks and. Look, you're going to get a couple. You're probably going to get a couple of first round picks this year, but neither of them are going to be freshmen. It's not going to be any of these freshmen. So the fact that you can play them and look, Ty falls under that category with sincere too, where Ty comes in and knows who he is. Now, there's a reason you're open on that corner three. So 
maybe catch that one and drive it. But for the most part, he comes in, he has four boards in seven minutes. He blocks a shot. Like, you don't have to do anything with him offensively. He's going to cut. He's going to try to offensive rebound. These guys, that's what's, I think that's what impresses me the most about these freshmen is for the most part, they are very accepting of their roles. They don't get too high. They don't get too low. And, and they embrace all the little things that matter and that contribute to winning. Cause you know, that's, that's part of this whole thing, man, is if they can do that because they're going to be relied on so heavily, like this is only going to raise this team's ceiling. Yeah, and we have one more texture on here, kind of going back to what we were talking about and what you're saying, just wondering if confidence levels may waver depending on who's playing and who's not. And I think time will tell, but but as it stands right now, this just seems, based on the media avail that Matthew Meyer gave earlier this week or, or whatever, I mean, this team's all about winning, whatever it takes to win. And maybe if tonight comes out a loss, guys have different feelings, but I'm sure they got back to that locker room and, you know, uh, I didn't play down the stretch, probably went out the window because they got the dub. Yeah, and that's why leadership's so important for a team that's that's freshman heavy, right? It's on Coleman, it's on Matt, it's on RJ, it's on TJ. The second that they start doing the whole, like, oh, my God, I'm not getting mine, it's going to permeate, right? Like that, that's how, that's how locker room stuff spreads. That's how it seeps onto the floor. That's how, you know, you start seeing guys just going to self mode and that it's, it's on those four guys in particular, Terrence, RJ Coleman and Matt, you have to continue to be cognizant of, Hey, we're all going to have our time. Right. And I'm going to be ready when my, when my number's called And, and all these guys, I promise you all these freshmen will follow suit. They'll all follow suit, but you cannot let that go off the rails. You have to remain consistent with that, right? You can't just be the guy that's bouncing around and has energy because you're you're having a good game, right? You want to you want to see that even when you're not it, offensively, right? You got to bring it every time defensively on the glass, all that. But offensively, when I tune into a game, when I'm watching you out on the floor, like I should not be able to tell what type of offensive game you're having, right? And I think these guys do such a good job of that. They're even keel. Uh, almost to a fault. Like I, I thought they were almost had no life in the second half. Uh, you know, you want to see some emotion, but um, it's part of what makes them good, man. And it's part of why in big moments, these guys tend to step up. Let's pick out our Tapman's towing play or maybe plays of the game brought to you by Tapman's towing car. Won't start after the game Call 217-328-2424 for the most trusted roadside service in downstate Illinois, Tapman's towing or visit online at Tapman's towing. Dot com. I, I don't know if there's really one specific play. Maybe one comes to mind for, for you, Mike. I, I was thinking just the, the stretch there um, after Texas got up 10, Sincere Harris comes down. What, uh, I, I had this all thought out, and then I, I completely forgot. No, um, I, I think he did something on the defensive end, and, and Illinois comes down. They get him the ball. He follows his own miss puts it back in, and, and then the the thing just kind of started snowballing there. They, they would get a stop, and, and then they just started stacking the stops, and then the offense get got going. Um, that, that's kind of what comes to mind to me. I, I don't know what you got. Yeah, no, it was an important stretch, and he had the, like I said, he had the block off the backboard to kind of ignite the, a fast break there as well, and um, all of that was what made my play of the game possible. The Jaden Epps corner three, he doesn't make that the game's over. True. Like, so to me, that was 
the actual a lot of plays contributed to them being in that position. But point blank, he if he misses that, you know, they get the rebound foul. Now you're down seventy to sixty three. And that game's over. Mm-hmm. And like I said, this is probably a different post game chat. So he goes and knocks down that three to cut it to two. You go, you go down and get a stop, and and then he comes back and makes two free throws to send that thing into overtime. I, to me, that that corner three was the was the play of the game because not only that, you had just hit one that got erased from a timeout. I said it early in the show. <laughs> if you're just now tuning in, ninety eight percent of the time. There's no way that you get a three erased and come back and hit one in that moment. Like that just doesn't happen. And these guys, that just speaks to their resolve. And they don't they don't play the moment, right? They just they they just play, right? You can tell Jay Neff's he just plays. Like sometimes you want him to be a little bit more like aware of the moment, but it's, <laughs> it's, sometimes it's what makes him good. So yeah, it's he's able to step up and knock that down because he's fearless. We love that stuff. That's a that's a good call. There were there were plenty of big moments in this game, but we'll we'll give the Jaden Epps three that put Illinois within two with thirty three seconds to go. Our Tapman's towing play of the game. Let's hear the call again from Brian. Looking for Hawkins drives into the paint, cut off, in trouble. Pass to Epps, open three, left corner is good. Oh, a three for number three. And the freshman who missed one the other night at Maryland knocks that one down from the deep left corner. Jay Neps finishes the game with 11 points, three rebounds, three assists, and he gets our Tapman's towing play of the game. We've got our keys to the game coming up towards the end here on the Fasteners Etc. Postgame Show. It's the Fasteners Etc. Postgame Show. You can weigh in on today's game by calling the First State Bank Illini fan line, 217-356-9397. Or texting the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. Cut to the basket, Hunter. Oh, great block. Was that Harris? On the break, here they come. Epps, alley-oop, and a layup from Melendez. Yes, it was Harris. Oh, my God. Illini down five with the ball. Each team with seven fouls. Melendez pops open. Left wing three scores! There you go, RJ. RJ Melendez with a three from the left wing as he popped open. And the Illini back within two and a spurt by RJ. Yeah, Melendez might have ended up with 12 if they didn't wave off the three for the timeout. But he finishes with nine points and four rebounds. In 27 minutes, Sincere Harris, 5 points, 4 rebounds, 3 blocks, if I remember right. 2 blocks, and plus 13 in the plus-minus tops on the Illini. As they win it over Texas, Fasteners Etc. Postgame Show with Evan Kahn and Mike Latulip. Still some texts to get to here on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line. Love me some sincere Harris. He's a baller. Go Illini, says 217 Texter. Yes, indeed. Welcome to the party, Madison Square. Matt Meyer. What a gritty win. Epps gets redemption. Yeah, going back to the confidence, there's the, the guy who took a, the, the shot Friday night at Maryland. Some questioned it, some didn't. Either way, he caught the ball tonight, and, and he shot it with confidence, and he knocked it down. So you love to see that. 
from the freshman. Uh, 217 Texter, I thought Texas got way over 50% of the 50-50 calls. We overcame that. Uh, every team probably... See, I, I always wonder that because... I'll watch games, you know, that that I'm not a, a fan of, and 99% of the time, I don't notice or, or sense a bias against one team or the other, it, right? It, it's only when you're watching your team, well, well, they got it out for us, they're not giving, the other teams all getting the calls. It, most of the time, it, it all comes out in the wash. I, I'm sure there's Texas fans sitting on their post-game show saying, you know, they didn't get enough calls, so... It, it it all comes out in the wash. We well, don't... Let me let me ask you this: How many times have you come out of a game and said that was a pretty well officiated game? <laughs> no, no one does. No, no one does. So it's like it's the most imbalanced thing in the world. So you you know you see, I think the people that definitely in the gambling world, I think people for sure are upset with just about every whistle. <laughs> but for sure, when you're rooting for a team, you know that's your team. And it's you. You feel every call a little bit more because there are mistakes made, and I thought there were there were plenty of them tonight from that officiating crew. And you know, Illinois didn't help themselves in some of those areas. Mm-hmm. But I always always stand by the fact that you know, typically the team that's complaining about calls is the one getting their butt kicked. Uh, <laughs> you don't ever say it when you're up when you're up ten or fifteen. So uh, they fought through that, man. I thought that was that was tremendous tonight. The battling through that and. Coming out with a win, dude. That's 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 huge. You can build on that because it's been the, the similar story all year. So I, I don't know if it comes down to the refs because we've seen about eight different crews guys getting in foul trouble early. Right? RJ picks up two in the first half. I think Matt picked up two in the first half again. Sky picked up two in the first half. Guys put themselves in those positions sometimes. So it all it, it'll work itself out. 309 Texter says it was a weird comeback, like it wasn't emotional. They just won the possessions on both ends, and Texas couldn't put the nail in the coffin. Great win by the Illini, just better with better players. Yeah, yeah, Illinois just executed it. It it, it didn't take an emotional thing, and and that's why it, it gets coming back to being so frustrating is you you see the correctable mistakes and it's not a talent deficiency anywhere. It, it always comes down to execution and and that's why you play the games and Illinois definitely executed way better down the stretch. Agreed, which is a welcome sight after Virginia and Maryland. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're and that's why we talked about a pregame. They're you know they're figuring things out and sometimes you just it's trial by fire, man. Like trial and error. You you have to go through it. You can script it out before the season and say, Hey, this is what we're going to do late game, but you got to do, you got to have some late games to, to really know what you're going to do. And uh, question, was that a late arriving crowd by, by chance? Because in the beginning, in the beginning of the game, I texted one of my buddies. I was like, this kind of feels like a COVID game. <laughs> it was like, all you could hear was feet squeaking and the bench. And I was like, this is such a bizarre atmosphere. And then all of a sudden, like in the second half, I was mm-hmm. it felt like there was, there were fans in the crowd. I don't know. It was it was kind of an odd, it's kind of an odd atmosphere. Yeah, I, I I don't know exactly how the New York clock works, but I, I don't know if everybody was out to dinner. But it seemed like in the second half, the intensity definitely picked up, and it's not like it wasn't a close game in the first half. And at stretches, I thought 
Texas fans showed up earlier, but by the end of it, the the Illini fans were showing out, which kind of happens when when you take the lead. You're you're usually the more vocal team. So, yeah, life moves a, a little different up there in, in NYC. But uh, Illinois gets the win at Madison Square Garden. I think we've got a couple more texts to get to, but let's pick out our keys to the game. We've kind of hinted at them here in this segment, brought to you by Hickory Point Bank, with roots right here in our Champaign-Urbana community, Hickory Point Bank Invested, and by Game Day Spirit, with the best selection of University of Illinois apparel. I, I my, my key is pretty simple. It just kind of came down to execution in the end. No turnovers the last nine minutes plus overtime, I, I believe. And most of the turnovers that, that Illinois was were, were committing in the first half and, and early on in the second half were self-inflicted. Texas was denying the ball and, and things like that, but it was Illinois trying to do too much and, and shooting themselves in the foot and, and defensive lapses, overhelping, not not communicating on defense. And they cleaned those things up, and, 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 it, and it came out in the end for the Illini because – I guess they did shoot it slightly better than than Texas did. So when you shoot the ball well, it, it usually ends well. But I, I thought they they cleaned up the mistakes late, and, and that's why they won. While Texas just kind of tailspun. Yeah, yeah, no, agreed, agreed on all fronts. I think you know my my keys. I don't know what they finished from the line. I, they it seemed like they were ten for twelve, maybe or maybe. Seven for nine. I don't know what they finished from the line, but it was definitely better than the seven for 14 that they started. Um, so I thought being able to close the game from the free throw line was was huge. But the one thing, my, my big key was the ribbon protection tonight. I'm not even sure we talked about that enough. You get 12 blocks um, against a team that, and I thought it frustrated Texas because that's a team that was top five in the country in two-point percentage. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you didn't make anything easy. Right? They had a couple looks early in the game, but – for the most part, you get 12 box and you probably alter 25, 30 around the rim. And that just speaks to the guys that they have in this team, the length and the athleticism. And um, that's going to continue to be the story moving forward. And you just got to you know, remain solid and not overhelp off of shooters because you know that, uh, you know, if guys get in the lane, you got help down there, mm-hmm. right? You got help down there. And it's going to be, it's it's the recovery. It's not like a you have this seven foot anchor back there. You got guys that can fly around and and block some shots and do it on the ball. So huge luxury to have, and I thought it was a major key tonight. Depth, talent, and execution. Illinois gets it done at the Jimmy V Classic over Texas. Those are our keys to the game brought to you by Hickory Point Bank and Game Day Spirit. Coming up on last call here on the Fasteners Etc. postgame show, if you want to get in your calls and texts. Jaden's a really good player. He's a freshman that's you know, starting to figure things out, and, and he doesn't fear the moment. And, uh, you know, that's what I love about this freshman group. I mean, we, we played five freshmen tonight. Uh, none, of them were, none of them were afraid to be out there. There's Brad Underwood on his freshman doing it again here, counting on the young guys this season and – Jaden Epps coming up big for the Illini tonight in the win over Texas. I was just trying to look here. All four freshmen average at least 10 minutes a game, and that'll go up here after tonight. Epps and Clark both over 20. 
Rodgers on the higher end. He was playing a lot on the early season. Just trying to stay on the floor here recently. But a lot of freshmen for the Illini in the rotation, and they are off to a 7-2 and two start on a pretty tough non-conference slate. Fasteners, etc. post postgame show. Not a whole lot left to do here, but if you want to call in, 217-356-9397 or text the Castle Heating and Cooling text line uh, 785 texter. Don't know what that area code is, but uh, says that they trust Brad to have the people on the floor when they need to, although he, he called himself out at the end of last game, wondering if he ha- should have Dane in there. And I think we saw the difference tonight, right? Matthew Meyer was, was in there in, in the end of the game. So Yeah, uh, you, want to, you want to be able to have Coleman at five and switch – a lot of times they're, they're going to come up, they're going to set a high ball screen, they, they spread it out, they'll set a step-up ball screen, as they call it, and, and you're completely fine with Coleman getting switched on to a guard. He's proven that he can guard them, like I said, just as well as some guards do. So you know, the, you're, you're kind of dead to rights at that point. If you want to try to take Coleman head up, more power to you. Uh, another texter says that they've already got the post game celebration up on the Twitter. Yeah, they're they're pretty quick about that. Uh, two one te- seven texter wondering how Wisconsin and Maryland shook out. Looks like Wisconsin held on at home in the end, sixty four to fifty nine. The Big Ten indeed is going to be a grind again. <laughs> Nebraska, Nebraska, who I actually watched lose to St. John's earlier this year because I wanted to watch Corbello play. And I was like, man, they, they still ain't got it figured out. What do they do? They go into Creighton. They beat a, a top 10 Creighton team or whatever they're, they're ranked now. So the Big Ten, yeah, that, that's what they do. They, they don't make it easy on you. Uh, 502 Texter loved the movement. I saw the three assistants holding Brad back when, when – uh, he was trying to get to the officials after the Coleman goaltending call. I, I don't. I kind of looked like he might have fallen or, or something like that, and then all. I of thought them, he. I thought he might have had a knee injury or something. That's I thought he that, went that down. Was my initial thought, yeah. But but they they were all all right there, and it was egregious, right? I mean, they had the backboard cam right there yeah. to show you that it was a block, and they still mess it up. So well, the worst the worst call was the Jaden Epps skip pass that very clearly went off like three players out of bounds that they called Texas ball. And it was, that one was, that one was mind boggling too. Yeah. And that was way earlier. I don't know exactly what is it the last two minutes that they can review. Sec- yeah. That was, that was mid second half. Yeah. I think it was, yeah, not reviewable. And uh, one more text here wondering if the Orange Crush is going to be sporting Michael Meyer masks at some point this season. Yeah, apparently Jay Billis called him Michael Myers at one point, but uh, I don't I don't know about that. That's a little spooky. <laughs> we'll see, though. The, the Orange Crush gets creative, and and after we, we saw Maryland, you know, anything goes in the student sections nowadays, so... We'll see what what the Orange Crush can come up with with this Illini team. Probably moving up, fell down one spot after losing to a ranked team last week. Probably move up after beating number two Texas here tonight. All right, we'll do it. Last round here, going to break. When we come back, we'll wrap on the Fasteners Etc. Post Game Show. Yeah, that's why I said I like this team so much. Is uh... You know, it's not just one guy. It's, it's, it's everybody. Sometimes I don't know who that's going to be. 
uh, night in and night out. But I thought that uh, uh, you know Matthew was uh, excellent. That's Matthew Meyer that uh, uh, you know has everybody excited, and you know, we saw that in the first half. And, uh, you know, Terrence was uh, you know pressed a little bit, and, and uh, but found it found it late, and, and literally made big shots as did Jake. But, uh, uh, so I like this team. I thought some fierce effort on the off the bench defensively changed uh, momentum again. And you know it's a uh, it's a good team winning. It's a very very good basketball team. This Illinois team continuing to show the fight got down by double digits here in the second half. Right? Yeah, trailed fifty six forty six with 8.28 to go, and Illini turned it up. What do you know? The next basket was a sincere Harris layup. That's just kind of how it goes. Illinois 7-2 now as we head back into Big Ten play on Saturday. It's like a football kick, 11 a.m. We'll get going at 9 a.m. with the Ryan Dallas Real Estate pregame show. Tip off at 11, as I said, and then we'll be back after the game for the Fasteners, etc. Post-game show, of course. I forgot this one earlier. Carl in Forsyth says the coaches would be a good choice for player of the game. Yeah, I thought the coaches did an all right job here tonight as well. That's not a bad call, Carl. And uh, one last refresh here on the text line, but uh, I think we got it all Pretty, pretty active on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line tonight. Love to see the response from the Illini fans. And I thought I had one more note to get to, but um, no, we're, we're feeling good. I, it, Illinois just beat the number two team in the country. It doesn't, doesn't really feel like it. It just feels like a, a Tuesday night to me. I don't know. Oh, maybe, um, maybe I'm getting used to it or something. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is... Look, like I said, you always want to celebrate it right you know because this is this is probably like a crazy static post game but like here's the thing man i mean this this team has bigger goals than beating texas in early december right i think we we've seen and part of it over the years is having that success in march um you know because we've seen success before over the past couple years in regular season right i think maybe that's why people have kind of grown numb to it um which is just, that's just kind of the reality, mm-hmm. but you, you have to to really cherish these these moments because they went you know we went a long time not not having this where you you beat the number two team in the country and you're like yeah yeah no I feel like we're the better team <laughs> you know like I, that's what I said pregame man I'm like this I get the number two team in the country but this the Illinois is a better team if they play like it they'll win the game and you, you're going to have that a lot this year and that's going to come with some. You know, it's going to get you excited at times, and it's going to probably frustrate you sometimes. So it's just, I don't know, buckle up. Yeah, Sat- journey. Saturday's not quite what the the last couple have been, but uh, Micah Shrewsbury gets Penn State going every every night. So uh, Saturday won't be easy, but this is a, a perfect time to to really get things rolling here. You got Penn State, Alabama A and M, Missouri, who I haven't looked into, but they lost a whole lot from last year. Bethune Cookman. And then at Northwestern, so uh, a good stretch, get a win streak, start two and one in the Big Ten, and, and get the the New Year's off right, and maybe get Luke Goody back. Uh, ha- have everybody feeling good about their spots, get a semester under their belt of college for the the freshmen, and uh, we'll see what this team can do. But so far, um, 
they're they're taking care of business. I, I would say. I, I mean, the t- the two losses. I, I think they could have won both of those games, but I, I don't think you're you're hurt by any of them. And, and Illinois, where you would want them to be on December sixth. Yeah, look, you're seven and two, right? I got that right. Yep. Right? Seven seven and two, and you got so much more room to grow. Mm-hmm. So many more things to dial in on and and get better at. And I think that should be encouraging overall. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it. We're going to take the rest of the week off. We'll be back with you Saturday morning. Mike, I hear you got a birthday tomorrow. I do. You do. do. Happy birthday. 29 years old. Yeah. 29 years old. The the last year here in the 20s. So we'll we'll enjoy it. Happy birthday to you. Appreciate uh, it, man. Appreciate that. Enjoy enjoy the day. Enjoy the rest of the week. And uh, we'll we'll talk pregame on Saturday and again postgame. Yeah, man. Sounds good. All right. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Joey Wright, for helping out behind the scenes as well. And we've got what? We've got a Saturday or a regular sports talk tomorrow. Haven't done that uh, all week. So we'll have sports talk tomorrow throughout the rest of the week. And then women's basketball tomorrow night. Shauna Green's team's pretty good. I'd get to the State Farm Center and check them out as well. Or you can listen to Mike Kuhn on the call here on News Talk 1493.9 FM. Not on Light Rock 97.5, but we're wrapping up there as well. Good night. So long. The preceding program was an exclusive presentation of News Talk 1493.9 FM WDWS and Light Rock 97.5 FM WHMS Champaign-Urbana, Champaign Multimedia Group Stations.